You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al Said, and this week's show is brought to you by International Football School of Excellence. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to learn from their career journeys as professionals in their fields. Tune in every week on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear the advice of these professionals. And remember, if you have any questions for our panelists, you can always leave your question in the comments section. On today's show, we have Hussein Ziyan. Hussein is an avid adventurist and a physician assistant who likes to balance his passion for medicine with his love for the outdoors. Hussein, how are you today? Alhamdulillah, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you so much. Um, so as we sort of explained, you're a physician assistant and an avid adventurist. Um, mm. I'm excited to tell people about your career because it's something that's growing in uh, a lot of places in, around the world, um, but more in the States Yes, where you live currently. Um, so can you tell us what a physician assistant does? Sure, yeah. So a PA, um, we're medical providers, uh, usually a master's degree, um, diagnose illnesses, um, we treat, we prescribe medications, we work hand in hand with physicians um, and other medical personnel um, in the healthcare team. And uh, it's really a great, um, you know, career choice because it's one of those um, professions that kind of help decrease the cost of healthcare as well. That's mm-hmm. pr- primarily why the, the, um, the uh, um, PAs came around in the first place. Mm-hmm. And alhamdulillah, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great journey so far. That's amazing. Um, when you first got into this career, did you know it existed or how did you get into it? Yeah, no, I didn't actually know what a PA was. So mm-hmm. I was working as a medical lab scientist um, in a veterinary hospital for about mm-hmm. a year and a half. Okay. Um, and I would see, you know, a lot of animals and, you know, do their blood testing, wild animals, you know, domestic animals mm-hmm. and whatnot. It was a lot of fun, but I did miss like humans, you know, I miss that patient interaction. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I moved to a human hospital and worked in special chemistry and different areas in laboratory. But I really, really did want to see that full, you know, the medical um, aspect and treatment and diagnosis and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did some research and I came across PA and I said, this is for me. So alhamdulillah, I, was, mm-hmm. I, went, I applied to school, got in and now I'm done. Was uh, there anything that inspired you to choose this particular career path? Yeah, so... Get into the medical field, I guess? Yeah, sure. So the nice thing about being a PA is that it's very flexible. Um, So you can work in in pretty much any specialty and subspecialty of medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was one of the things that really um, attracted me to the profession, also, it's shorter. It's, two, it's usually between two and three years. Um, and so you're out of school quickly, mm-hmm. practicing medicine, you know, um, at the full extent. Um, and I, I wasn't super interested in having the title of a doctor or whatnot. I wanted to help people. And I figured, you know, being a PA would be a perfect thing for me in that, in that regard. It's very flexible. Um, you can work in any specialty, like I said. And um, you can work in multi-specialties at the same time. Mm-hmm. So like, say you wanted to work in nephrology, you can work in, you know, nephrology, pediatrics, 
at the same time, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, nephrology, pediatrics, Wednesdays, and, you know, it's, it's whatever you want the schedule to be most, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very flexible like that, which I love. You have the flexibility to choose where you go, but you have one um, supervisor. Yeah. So um, usually it, Usually it's, um, it's up to the physician, the supervising physician on mm-hmm. what the scope of practice is for you. Okay. Um, and you don't have to necessarily have one supervisor or one, you know, collaborating physician. Mm-hmm. You could have multiple, but it's, I look at it as like a, as like a um, teamwork, you know, and no one in medicine actually practices alone. Even physicians, they, mm-hmm. you know, consult with other physicians, other specialties in medicine. So it's, it's a great thing to have, um, you know, someone who you can always, um, you know, if you were stuck as a new grad or something and something that you didn't know, you could, you know, consult the physician. Um, personally, right now I work at an urgent care yeah. um, and I have a supervising physician, but the, the way it works is that we barely see each other, to be honest with you. Um, and so there's other my other coworkers, uh, PAs, and we kind of bounce ideas back back and forth if there's something that you know came up, mm-hmm. and it works really well. Alhamdulillah, so far so good. That's really good. Yeah. Um, when you when did you start working in the field? So I graduated um, last year in June, okay. and I started working uh, two weeks or three weeks after I graduated. Oh, nice. So, alhamdulillah, the, the job market uh, in America is very good. Um, I think PA is ranked as number three best jobs in America and number one best healthcare job in America. Wow. So, yeah, alhamdulillah. It's a, it's a great profession to go into, very high in demand. Um, and I think the number seven highest paying job, mm-hmm. um, number fifth fastest growing job. So I just kind of looked that up before just to kind of confirm those statistics for 2019 yeah. but so yeah it's alhamdulillah it's been it's it's a growing field um and it's very high in demand uh are there countries uh i mentioned a little earlier that it's growing in different places where do you see it um growing more and more or showing up more and more yeah so yeah, so um, PAs are obviously not recognized in a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, it was first established in, in the U- USA. Um, Canada has PAs, the UK has PAs, a couple other countries have PAs. I would say Canada is definitely catching up, um, you know, with the, with the PA profession. Mm-hmm. But it'll take some time as people become more comfortable with PAs and, you know, learn, you know, how it decreases the cost of healthcare and how people really mm-hmm. like it. Um, and it really does help, you know, um, the healthcare system. I think, I think in the future, I could see, you know, inshallah, all the countries adopting the PA profession. Mm-hmm. And are there any hospitals that run just on PAs? Uh, no, no, because I don't, I mean, that that I know of, um, hospitals, because, I mean, you, because, you know, obviously you have to have a supervising physician. You can't practice independently. Mm-hmm. Um, so legally on paper, you have to have a um, someone's name, a physician's name that you could say, this okay. is my supervising physician. Um, so even in the urgent care that I work, even though the physician or the doctor is not on site, mm-hmm. 
uh, I still he is still considered my supervising physician, even okay. though he's not there, you know, yeah. with me, you know. He's expected to be looking over your work and seeing that everything is going smoothly and correctly. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. to to the extent where he wants to work, where he ever it you know feels comfortable. It's yeah, it's exactly. very interesting mm-hmm. um, dynamic. dynamic. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever the whatever the physician feels um, comfortable with mm-hmm. with a PA doing. And obviously, different PAs have different skill levels. Yeah. So you have a PA that works in neurosurgery for example for 20 years Mm -hmm. and he sometimes will be teaching medical students or you know young doctors things that you know that they might not know um it's it's a very experience you know based um yeah so yeah and that is um what the medical field really is it's about experience it's about what you've seen and what you've done and what you got your hands on as well um, exactly. So what experiences yeah. do you suggest that people have before getting into the field? Yeah, so for medical school and PA school, I would definitely, especially for PA school, I think they heavily look on um, direct patient contact. Mm-hmm. So that means like physically dealing and like touching patients. Um, so scribe usually people kind of I was I would suggest staying away from if I'm um, working as a scribe to use that as hours because most mm-hmm. I would say 2,000 hours is a good amount of hours to apply to PA school 2,000 hours of like direct patient contact whether that be in you know um, as an EMT running in the ambulance or as a medic you know a medical um, uh, what is it called uh, the um, MA mm-hmm. um, di- directly dealing with patients, a nurse, uh, ultrasound technician, an x-ray technologist, those are all great um, professions to go, you know, that will, you know, launch you into PA school very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are professions that you have to actually get uh, certified and um, get into first. So that'll take a few extra years. Yeah. So you have to have a bachelor's degree to apply Mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, uh, and but if I if I were to make my own suggestion early on, if someone wants to go into PA school, my suggestion would be to get one of these sort of um, positions or you know uh, professions as a bachelor's degree or a certificate. Work in it for a year or two, and then apply for PA school. It'll really set you up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, in terms of getting into what's the process like so in terms of getting from your bachelor's to graduating and becoming uh, a PA yeah so usually bachelors take about four years um, you can get a bachelor's degree in anything mm-hmm. um, but like I said you, it was better to have patient contact hours so you can get a bachelor's degree in art and then work you know as an EMT or something or um you know, see that some other certification where you're working with patients. Um, and then usually after that hours, or even before you complete the hours, you can apply to PA school, mm-hmm. um, as long as you have the prerequisites. So different schools have different prerequisites, anatomy, um, chemistry, physics, math, you know, all the general uh, prerequisites. Um, obviously, you want to be competitive, you want to get really good grades on that, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so when you, when you apply, you have all the tools and say, you know, and 
and you know, some people come to me and they say, you know, my grade, my GPA, I wasn't the best, you know, in the beginning when I started college, they also look at growth. So if you, you know, tell them you put in your resume or in your application that look, I really want to get into PA school and I've done this, I've done that. I've, you know, I've helped with, you know, you know, seeing patients in this way. Mm-hmm. And I took an anatomy class and I got an A, you know, this semester, they'll look at that and like, wow, this guy's really motivated. And they actually yeah. keep, uh, take that into consideration when mm-hmm. um, accepting applicants. Do you recommend a certain number of hours uh, working in healthcare before you get into PA school? I would recommend a minimum of 2,000 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't have to have that. Every school is mm-hmm. a little different. But if you can, you know, start early and 2,000 hours, I think is a good number. Mm-hmm. Why, do you, why did you recommend, um, uh, you know, being in, sorry, like riding the ambulance or being uh, in those specific, because that's very specific, you know, saying, you know, go in the ambulance um, or do yeah. this. Why did you recommend that? So, so I mean, the, the medicine in general, whether you're a PA or a nurse or a doctor or nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. it's it can get um, stressful at times. And um, a lot of times, it, you, you know, you have to deal with blood, you have to deal with, you know, God forbid, death sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to know what you're getting yourself into. Um, working directly with patients is a good um, way to kind of say, okay, do I like this? Do I not like this? Um, it will get stressful. You know, medicine sometimes does get stressful. And, um, and so it's good to, to, you know, personally, I think if you were, if you were able to get into the ambulance or in the emergency, if you're emergency medical technician, uh, technician or working in the emergency department, that's a great way to kind of see a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I work in urgent care right now. And so that's kind of my emergency is kind of my forte right now. <laughs> you don't have to do an emergency. You could do like, you know, general surgery yeah. or, you know, um, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I would recommend. That's what I would, um, mm-hmm. if anyone's because, interested in that, that's what, you know, that, you know, it would help. Yeah. Cause it gives you a little bit of everything. Yeah. It gives you a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what would you say um, in terms of your biggest inspiration throughout this uh, journey? What was your biggest inspiration? My biggest inspiration, I would probably say would have to be my dad. Um, mm-hmm. He's a dentist, but he's always wanted me to go into the medical field. Um, and just to see how he dealt with people, how he worked with people, you know, um, Knowing that, you know, um, health and healing is with Allah. It's in Allah's hands. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of tools of Allah. And, um, and having that intention to really try to help people as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And not worry too much about other things, you know. And having a lot of patience. Because patience, I think, is key. A lot of patience, um, you'll get times where it's very stressful or, you know, you know the patient you know the people might be rude um you know when they're sick you have to be very very considerate and empathetic and I think I learned that from my from my father yeah Um, he was a big inspiration for me it does it get very stressful at times it does it does especially um 
you know, in the urgent care emergency setting, um, you know, but the key is to really, really practice being calm. Mm -hmm. So obviously you want to know what you're doing. Um, and that's where experience comes in and, and, you know, shadowing before PA school, you know, really, really working hard during your um, rotations in PA school. Cause we have, we had, I had around 10 different specialties of rotations. So that's where you kind of, it's like the residencies. Yeah. So you learn on the job stuff. Um, um, but yeah, it does get stressful at times and mm-hmm. you have to have coping mechanisms for that. What's your coping mechanism? Um, mine would definitely be like, um, namaz for me or salat really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, three times a day you go turn, turn towards Allah or five times a day and you ask Allah, you kind of calm everything down. Um, but for me, I also love to go outside and nature and um, into the wildlife. Like that's, that's my favorite thing to do and it always resets me. Mm-hmm. Um, does your outdoor adventurous play, play, play a role in this? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, whenever I get the chance, and this is why, I, you know, part of the reason why I went to PA school is I love the flexibility. And so whenever I do get a chance to, you know, to do some sort of outdoor activity or adventure, mm-hmm. I try to do it. Um, recently, I went to a trip um, to Colorado in December to try to climb um, Quandary Peak, which was one of the 14er mountains in Colorado. Mm-hmm with a couple of my friends from Minnesota and we actually didn't make it because it was way harder than when we expected it was very cold and <laughs> very deep snow but yeah. it was such a great experience um you know being on the mountain and um kind of reflecting um on Allah's creation um for me it's one you know of the many ways to reach you know um you know closeness to Allah mm-hmm. and it really helps with with um, stress and just, and not necessarily, you know, you don't have to be stressed out to go to the mountain, but it helps in life for me yeah. personally, just to kind of reconnect with the Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you connect, you know, having that strong religious side and being within the field of medicine, which, you know, the debate where it's like, if it's, uh, if you learn and read a lot, then you'll, see that there's not um you know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh, yeah. so what's that debate between religion and medicine clashing that's, that's what we're um like like people who think that um you know there's no relationship between the two yeah there's okay yeah so personally you know when i was in undergrad and um you know graduate school and becoming a pa all of my classes, it just reaffirmed my, my belief in Allah. I don't know how some people can say that, you know, um, you know some scientists, believe, you know, are atheists because they are so learned and they come mm-hmm. to the conclusion that there's no God. I remember when I was taking microbiology, there was a, I was going over the um, kind of the structure of a bacterium and we were going over like a flagella, which is kind of like the tail that moves the bacteria mm-hmm. and it's so complex so beautiful and i was just t- like saying to myself like this is the most 
complex thing that's microscopic. We can't even see it. You know, how can this happen by chance? How can there be no Lord? How can be, you know? Um, so for me, and that happens all the time. That, that particular moment was when I was younger. I was, I had that moment of epiphany, but mm -hmm. that was keep happening like throughout my, my studies. In PA school, it was like every day almost. The human body is so complex. You know, the kidneys, the liver, the mind, the heart, so complex. And they all, all these organs work together in a way where we don't even understand. And, and if anyone says, you know, I completely understand the human body, know that they actually don't, you know, because it's so complex. It's mm -hmm. so complex. Have you had that debate with anyone or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had that debate. You know, everyone has their own opinions mm -hmm. and whatnot. And it's a, it's a journey for everyone. Um, I try not to, you know, force my beliefs or anything down anyone's throat or anything mm -hmm. like that. But um, I always, you know, if someone asks, I'll go over my, my opinions. Your own beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, you, before you got into this field, you were doing, you already had that kind of, um, you know, you were already within a field that had to do with uh, something that was medicine, right? Um, mm -hmm. So do you have to have that core skill? Um, and what kind of skills do you think someone would need to be a PA? Uh, sorry, you broke up. I didn't hear the last part. I said, um, what skills do you think someone needs as in core skills uh, to become a PA? Oh, core skills? Mm -hmm. um, well, this there's different requirements for different schools. What I recommend is definitely like um, when applying to PA school, mm -hmm. look at the, the states that you want to move to or the schools that you want to go to um, and look at the requirements. Um, but it's, the, it's not, nothing too um, difficult, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, if, with that, you know, it's, it's the general coursework for, for uh, medicine um, and I don't even think it goes into to, too much in depth. General chemistry, general biology. Mm -hmm. um, I believe organic chemistry, biochemistry, microbiology, physiology, anatomy, um, physics, yeah. statistics. Yeah. Ethics is very important. Um, people don't realize, but ethics and, and you know, morality comes up a lot in medicine. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And so we have to take, even in PA school, we have to take an ethics course. Um, and that was another interesting thing too um, about Islam and ethics, and that's where mm -hmm. kind of religion comes in as well. So we had that we had these debates actually in PA school as well, mm -hmm. you know, during the ethics course. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, but I would recommend for whoever's applying to PA school to definitely go into the um, prerequisites page. Every web every school has a website, mm -hmm. um, so. And they have, they have their prerequisites on there. Um, we have a question from the audience for you. Uh, yeah. Someone is asking, with medical field and liability, what type of protection would PAs need and or do they fall under the physician? That's a great question. So PAs have their own license. So um, I had to pass a board exam. So after PA school, you, you pass the PANS, which is the PA um, national certification exam. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very difficult exam. Like, you know, uh, med medical school had a similar exam where 
the, the board exam. Um, once you pass this exam, you're, you're a licensed PA. Um, and so if you do have malpractice insurance and everywhere you work, you should have malpractice insurance. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, if you make a mistake, so-and-so that's, you know, it depends on what it is, but, and there's different classes if you did it on purpose or if you did it on accident, it was, you know, um, it's not usually you have your own license. So it doesn't go automatically fall on the physician. You are responsible for, for things as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, a lot of people think that because of supervising physicians, the physician that's, you know, but you have a, you're a trained medical professional. So if, if you do have something, you know, like a malpractice, it's, mm -hmm. it's on you. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to be thrown on anyone else. <laughs> no, no, not, mo you know, that's, that's not the case, you know, most mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah. And you take full responsibility for each patient. You go in, you uh, start from beginning to end with them. Um, do you have people who tell you, you know, I want a real doctor? Um, so far, <laughs> alhamdulillah, nothing like that so far. Yeah. Um, I'll, not I, not I saying think, that you're not a real doctor, but you know. Yeah. In terms of... Well, honestly, I am not a real doctor. <laughs> I'm a PA. But yeah, but people, yeah, people actually, alhamdulillah, no, nothing like that so mm -hmm. far. Um, I know of cases where people say I do want a real doctor. However, yeah. I've also heard of opposite. People really? saying, oh, do you have, like, can I see the PA? Mm -hmm. um, some people, there is cases where, you know, people believe that PAs sometimes have more time. They have more, you know, um, compassion. That's all, you know, um, rumors. But some people have different, you know, um, uh, beliefs. Yeah. It's honestly, it depends on the person. So you could have the most nicest physician, most compassionate physician, and the PA is not very good, you could have the opposite, the best PA and the physician is not good. It's, it really is, depends on the person yeah. um, and their experience, you know. Um, as a PA profession, I always like to like, um, you know, try to promote the profession. So people, mm -hmm. you know, who are PAs, we try to say, okay, you know, make sure you are very kind to the patients and make sure you take your time, do your due mm -hmm. diligence, you know. And so, and alhamdulillah, it's, it's created a good name. It's yeah. really a good name for, for PA so far. Um, so, yeah. What do you think is the key to success in this field? The key to success in this field? Um, I would say to have an open mind. Mm -hmm. um, medicine is something where you can't say, I'm done. You're never done in medicine. You're always learning. Every single day, there's new research studies coming out, new better practices. Um, and that's with PAs and, and non-PAs, you know. Um, there's, you should always be learning. Have a lot of empathy for patients. I know, um, especially in the emergency um, field and urgent care, is that people get very frustrated sometimes. And you have to really understand that patients come in and they come in very vulnerable sometimes. They come at their worst times. Um, so you have to really understand that and be very, very caring, very patient, very empathetic. Um, and, and people will see that and they'll, they'll come and be like, wow, that, that person really helped me through this hard time. Um, and I think that's the goal. The goal is not to just make that person feel better physically. You want to also help that person feel better emotionally, mentally, spiritually, if you can, you know, in any way. Yeah. So I think that's the key. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. Uh, We've unfortunately come to the end of our show. But before we completely close, I wanted to ask you what your final piece of advice for our listeners today is. Um, I would say, you know, if anyone's considering them to go into PA school, definitely give it a good thought. Um, it's a great profession. Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's been treating me really well, and we need more Muslim PAs out there. So if anyone has any questions at all or anything, feel free to contact me or any other PA in your community. And Iltimas Dua, inshallah, everything goes well. Thank you so much, Hussein. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Have a a good day, inshallah. You too. Thank you. You were just listening to the Umentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the Umentor website under prior talk shows. And while you're there, why not subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show? If you want to reach out to any speakers from today's show or previous shows, Um, To ask any of these professionals questions, you may visit our online platform at emojioutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups, or just visit our UMentor website and hit the link for online platform. You can always catch up on our previous shows on SoundCloud or iTunes. Thank you for listening to our speaker today on Facebook Live. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear from our next guest.